Welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman, the podcast dedicated to helping you build the business of your dreams and live the life you always hoped for, with valuable and fun tips and info to make your life easier and more fun. And now, here's your host, a man who sprinkles metal shavings on his breakfast cereal just for fun, Jason Silverman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. I'm your host, Jason Silverman, and I'm thrilled to share some time again with you today. Got to tell you, I am so, so excited about today's show. Now, odds are I probably sound like a broken record by now saying how blessed I am that I get to speak with such smart entrepreneurs every single week. Well, got to tell you, turn that record on again because it's really the truth. Now, I'm confident today's show is going to educate and motivate you to be the very best that you can be. Sound cool? My guest today is a real deal on so many levels, and you're going to see that immediately once this conversation gets rolling. Now, I'm always on the hunt for superstar real deal guests who can share some super success secrets with you and and everybody, all my listeners, that you can implement today. Now, today's guest is going to share some super helpful info about being service-based versus sales-based, and that is a really, really important designation, and we're going to dig pretty deep into that, so... uh, You know, lock and load. Um, Now, for the folks who I work with in any of my coaching programs, my mastermind groups, or through Powerful Words Character Development, All-Star Cheer Sites, or Dance Sites Done Right, you know how much I focus on continuing to improve yourself every single day in some way, right? Well, this show is going to help you do just that because we've got an expert who's an absolute pro at doing that, not only for himself, but also for everybody he works with. So today it's going to be my honor and privilege to share an amazing resource with you. You're going to love today's guest. He's got a ton of valuable information to help you succeed, as well as a fun way to deliver it. So I want you to strap yourself in. Today's show is going to be a blast. As I'm sure you already know, I'm committed to helping business owners just like you to become more successful, enjoy your career more, and in general, make your life dramatically more fun. You know, we only go around once in this world, so uh, let's make sure it's one hell of a ride. All right, boys and girls, it is now that time. I want you to stop surfing Facebook, get off of Twitter, Instagram, put away your phone, your tablet, your dog, your cat, your child, your spouse, anything else that might possibly distract you from today's show. You're about to get some great and immediately implementable information, and I don't want you to miss even a second of it. So before we officially get going, I want to give you a little bit of background about our guest today. Brandon Beliso is an impact speaker and author dedicated to helping people live their best life He's also an 8th degree black belt, a former recording artist with three top 10 hits in the Philippines, owner of One Martial Arts, one of the most successful schools in the martial arts industry, and a very unique one. We're going to talk about that today, as well as the creator of the One Merit Badges System, an internationally distributed life skills education system. Brandon humbly presents webinars, workshops, and seminars with the mindset that we can all always do better and be better. He's committed to being a student for life and is a dedicated father, husband, and servant to the community. And quite honestly, just an all-around super nice guy. Brandon, welcome to The Real Deal. I'm thrilled to have you here today. Thank you, Jason. It's, it's an honor, it's a privilege, and pleasure to be part of this experience. I've listened to several of your podcasts, and you know, I love your wife and what she does with powerful words. And you know, just get a chance to interact with you on this level and your listeners, for me, is not only a great learning experience for myself, but it's very humbling in the process. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And- I think that we've all got a lot to learn here, and 
quite honestly, you're you're about to put on your teacher hat. So uh, yes, let, let's rock and roll. Hey, before we get started, for those who haven't really had the opportunity and pleasure of either meeting you or hearing you speak or reading anything that you've put out, which is really there have been some spectacular magazine articles that you know I've read over and over and over again. Um, do me a favor, take a second and share your story with our listeners. You know, what are you passionate about? What makes you tick? Who is Brandon Beliso? You know what I'm passionate about? Making an impact, um, making a difference, having an impact, creating. You know, I like innovation. And I'm not sheep. I don't believe we're here to just simply follow. We're here to lead at times. We're here to contribute to our communities. We're here to make a difference. I really, really believe that. Not just in the martial arts industry, but as an entrepreneur in general. But in order to fulfill that, we need to be very clear about three things. Number one is my values. You know, in the days that I tell people every time I do a webinar or public speaking, I say, take out a piece of paper. So I'm going to ask everybody to do that now. All the listeners of The Real Deal, take out a piece of paper, and I want you to write down your values. Be that integrity, be that honesty, be that, you know, um, community. Be very thrilled about that. Now, anything I say or anything anyone else say, says, if it doesn't resonate with those core values, throw them out the window. Because at the end of the day, when you lay your head down on a pillow, you have to be okay with what you've done that day. Fair enough? So I'm very passionate about that. You know, I, I come from that heart place with my business. I shared this to you before we went live. I went to my first real business seminar when I had 350 students. And I'm sitting there going through this seminar, and the guy looks at me and says, How many students do you have? I said, 350, sir. He goes, Well, what systems do you have? I said, What do you mean, sir? He says, what kind of upgrades, home scripts, what do you use for an intro process? And honestly, at the time, I had nothing, nothing, nothing. And I told him that, and he looked at me and said, you really must love what you do. So I recognized that. That's the foundation of my whole life. I do the things I love to do, and when I'm tired and I'm no longer passionate about it, I sell that business and I open another one. So I would encourage everybody to make sure anything you do resonates with those values, because those values, they're rooted in love. I love that. I really, really do. Wow, uh, this is going to be phenomenal. <laughs> okay, so you know, you speak a lot about values. You speak a lot about vision and purpose. You know, how can that help an entrepreneur or a small business owner? Because you know, more often than not, you know, everyone's sitting there trying to chase chase the dollars. Yes, sir. And and it's like you know that old saying: "Do what you love, the money will come." That is true, but do it smart, do it right. I remember when I was a musician coming up, I knew some amazing musicians that loved to play music but had no discipline to package and market themselves to the record labels. So that, that's a prime example. Doing what you love and thinking the money's magically going to come, no way. You have to do it smart and do it right. So that process of educating yourself based upon your values first. See, that's why I say write down those values, know your values, and make sure, you know, hell or high water, you do not compromise those values. I remember once sitting in a seminar, the guy walked up and said, what if I walked in and said, I'll give you a thousand bucks, the guy down the street, you know, and, and just give me this discount, I'll do this. And most people in the room said, sure, I'll take your money. And I looked at him, I said, no. I'm passionate about our product. I believe this is what our product is worth. So please, if you'd like to be part of our community, you're welcome to, you know, take the prices that we offer. And look at a great company like Apple. Do you ever see Apple products on discount? Never. Never? Never. Right? People will stand in line all night long for a new product like an iPhone 5 that can get two weeks from later, you know, just walk into the Apple store. I think that's tremendous. And that's the type of business I want to be. Wow. Wow, wow. One of the things we started talking about before the show started is, um, you know, it's very clear. You're very passionate about being service-based versus yes. sales-based. So yes, 
tell me, you know, how does that mindset and philosophy serve you and your business? And you know, how do you feel that, not only how do you feel, how have you seen it help other businesses? Well, first and foremost, I think if we live in a fear-based mindset, got to make the rent, got to pay the bills, got to get the money, got to get the money, got to close the deal. Third quarter earnings. If you don't reach your third quarter earnings, not only will you not get your bonus, you have to work $50 hours and, you know, et cetera. We live in a very fear-based culture. So naturally, everyone's chasing the dollar thinking that's the solution. Now, we know in Eastern culture, every true journey is inward. Now, we're not talking about China and their revolution that's going on, you know, financially. I'm talking about at a deep heart level. We know the true journey is inward. So let me read this to you. This is from Gandhi. And Gandhi, this is Gandhi. A customer is the most important visitor on our premises. He is not dependent on us. We are dependent on him. He is not an interruption of our work. He is the purpose of it. He is not an outsider to our business. He is part of it. We are not doing him a favor by serving him. He is doing us a favor by giving us the opportunity to do so. And that's a service-based business in a nutshell. With all humility, everybody who walks through that door, I'm grateful for I'm, uh, that they choose to come here. I have like five martial arts schools in a half-mile radius. So anyone who chooses to come to us, and we are the most expensive, I'm grateful for that. Here's another great one. I shared this with my team the other night. This is from Henry Ford. It is not the employer who pays the wages. Employers only handle the money. It is the customer who pays the wages. So I reminded someone who called me their boss the other night. I said, hey, I'm not your boss. And here's what Henry Ford has to say about that. So that, that's the premise of a service-based business is we recognize that we're there to serve the community. And the better we serve people, I believe the more successful we'll be. Now, we're pretty well-known in San Francisco, having been here 13 years. You know, we're running 583 students and 3,800 square feet. And somebody said, wow, you're highly recommended. Thank you so much for, for you, you know, taking my son as your student. I said, no, thank you. And if we're not doing something really, really well, please communicate with that with us, because we are here to serve you. And they looked at me almost perplexed, like, whoa, you don't behave like the master, and I'm the lowly student, and I should be lucky that you teach me. No, we treat everybody. I tell them, we're no different than a restaurant. And they go, well, what do you mean? We're much different. No. And that's why my payroll, and people pride themselves, my payroll's down around 15%, you know, and when my payroll is up around 30%. Restaurant industries are 30 to 35% because without my team and we're a service-based business that's not automated, you know, per se. So it's really important that I make sure my team is just as successful as my clients. Fair enough? So, so what's unique about that, Jason, is we have 401ks. You know, we have a pension program where I match them up to 3% of what they make. If you're a full-time employee, you get vacation with pay. You know, different things like that because I want to be that company, that business that people want to work for. And I think that's the big thing in our industry or most industries that need to change is, is we don't pay our people well enough because we can't afford to a lot of people in the beginning. But at some point, you need to make that choice. Here, here's that example. When I had this business, um, I said I'm going to live on $3,000 a month. I was renting a room in somebody's house. And I lived on $3,000 a month for the first five, six years of this business. I even hired an ops manager, an operations manager that was making three times as much as me. Why? Because I knew she'd help me get there better, better and faster in my business by bringing her aboard. So it was that type of discipline and valuing my employees that, that has really been, you know, one of the springboards to the success that I've achieved with this school. Have you found, and, and I'm sure the answer is yes, but I'd love to hear um, a little bit more about it. What is the experience? What do you hear from your clients um, that obviously every not everybody who comes to your school 
um, is a first-time martial arts person. So I've got to believe that you've had people that have experienced a different way before they got to you. Oh, absolutely, and it's shock value. You know, it's a shock value. They walk into a place we know, the standard 1980s, 90s business model martial arts industry, between the floor and the front door, there's a small office, right? Right. And you know that office is that controlled environment where you're going to sit them in that environment and you're going to sell them. You're going to sell them. You're going to sell them. They're not leaving that school without some type of financial commitment. I went to one seminar where the guy said, even if it's saying, hey, give me a check for these uniforms for 50 bucks. You take the uniforms home. You decide you don't want to sign up. Come back with the uniforms. I'll rip up the check. We know that's, that's used car salesmanship 101. So that's one of the things I get a lot in industry. Wow, you have no office. Because people visit our, our facility all the time. I said, yeah, we don't. They go, well, where, where do you do your intro meetings? I said, we don't. Well, where do you close people? I said, we don't close people. Well, what, what do you mean by that? So they're really, and then they find out, oh, you don't have a three-year black belt program? I said, no. You, you don't have contracts? No. You have a service agreement, right? I said, yeah, we have a basic service agreement. Well, what do you do if they take a six-month service agreement and they walk on, on month, one, month two? I said, then we look at it as a three-month service agreement, and they just pay the difference. Because you, you don't take them to collections? I said, no. What about belt testing fees? I said, we don't have belt testing fees either. They go, what? You don't have belt testing fees? Well, look at all the revenue you're, you're losing by not having belt testing fees. We looked at our numbers, you know, when we first implemented that. Within three months, it corrected itself. Our membership income went up. That compensated for that $50,000 of belt testing fees we were losing a year. And everything went back even. So, really, those are some of the things. Cause I believe that. You know, Dan Kennedy said one thing very profound. Find out what people are doing in your industry and do the, do the complete opposite if you want to be successful. I agree with that. <laughs> but you want to be mindful. A front kick is a front kick is a front kick. I think it's a good technique, so I'll teach it. But I'm ever mindful. I do want to be an innovator. Much like with my life skills education program, I wanted to be innovative in that process. Much like the way I speak and present in our industry, I'm in one room going, get rid of belt testing fees. The guy's in the other room going, not only can you charge belt testing fees, you can charge the parents to watch. For me, that's not what the martial arts or a service-based business should be about. If anybody walks away feeling like they're getting more than they pay for, if they feel overvalued, will they stay longer? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're ever mindful, and that's, that's really the big shocker in the industry when they come into our premises or they hear me speak. And I even have to keep tax returns on my computer because people say my numbers are overinflated. And I know that happens a lot in our industry, but you know, I will prove it by showing anybody my tax returns for the given past six years. Wow. Wow, wow. What, you know, what, what are the biggest challenges that you know, you've seen, at least in the martial arts industry? Because I know that um, the martial arts industry in general is a nice, um, it's a nice chunk to look at because it really does represent small business as a whole. Well, I think the small business it represents is the one you don't want to get into. <laughs> I'm serious. If you take my, one of my guys who's decided to do this with me, who I've groomed and mentored for two, three years now, he took a business course. And that business teacher pulled some research up saying, if you're looking to start a new business, one of the last ones you should choose is the martial arts business. It's very specific. You need people trained. And I think that's what's hurting our industry a lot, hiring these outside instructors out homegrown, giving them some out-of-the-box program, and training them to teach. It's just like when I was certifying people back when Taipo was huge. I was running around from different fitness conventions teaching people eight hours certification in the day and they're certified to kick kickbox, teach kickboxing. I think that's what's hurt the yoga industry. You can go to a big Ursha convention, take an eight hour certification and there you are. You're a yoga instructor. No, you're not. No, you're not. 
great yoga instructors spend 20, 30, 40 years mastering their craft. So I think that's the one thing that needs to be drawn into our industry and corrected, just like any business. You know, I saw it the other day, the top franchises to, to get. One of them in there was a martial arts franchise. And you know what it said at the bottom? No experience necessary. Ouch. Now, now, being a martial artist of 47 years, I started in 1967. My papa's had a school for 43 years in the same location. For 43 years in the same location. So I grew up in a martial arts school. For me, that's appalling. That is appalling to know that you can get a school without any experience and open the door and a black belt comes with it with a bunch of training manuals. But on the flip side, the guys that, that wear their art on their sleeve like a badge of honor and they suffer for it and they make no money, I'm challenged by that too. If you have made the choice, and that's where we go back to the values part, with your value system, with the vision you're creating, that's where you want your business to be today and what it's going to look like in three to five years, and your purpose. And purpose is really important. What is your purpose on this earth? Well, my purpose is to serve. That's it. Whether it's martial arts, speaking, writing, I'm here to serve, serving my family, serving my community. If those things say, hey, I don't want a big martial arts business. I don't want it to be my main source of income. That's totally cool. I'll say that all the time. The guy teaching out of the church or the park and rec, is he any less successful than the guy that owns 20, 30 schools? Absolutely not. If that's how he determines, based upon his values, vision, and purpose, that's what success is for him. Because it's really that fulfillment of life that, that makes us whole. I mean, you agree with me, you can have all this money in the world and you're totally unhappy. Look at half a show business. Look at most musicians. You know, they have all that money and success and they're unhappy. Look at Justin Bieber. I mean, I saw an interview with that kid the other day. What? What an unhappy soul. What a really unhappy kid. You know? Well, just it proves that, you know, money has absolutely, I won't say no bearing on it, but it's not, it's, it's not, the, it's not the silver bullet. It really isn't. It's not. No, it's not. And, and that's the challenge in our industry. You watch these schools that are sales driven, whether it's fitness or martial arts. If you're a money-based person, if you base your business upon making money solely, guess what? Good economy, you make money. Bad economy, you don't. We came into 2007 when that whole housing market dropped and our business continued to grow and sustain itself. And people trip on that and go, wow, how's that possible? Because number one, I, I, I'm not worried about what the rest of the world is doing. If every time the stocks go up, my business is supposed to go up. Every time the economy goes down, my business is supposed to go down. I'm in big trouble. I'm in really, really big trouble. Again, if your vision and values and purpose are clear, you're constantly moving that business from to being a sustainable to a growth-oriented business, no matter what economy. Why? Because it's not rooted in, first and foremost, that pragmatic thinking. I got to make money. I got to make money. I got to make money. And you'll see that. How many martial arts schools closed in 2007 because they were sales-based, strictly sales-based? How many fitness clubs lost tons of members and closed because they're simply sales-based? Do you know that? People can buy our product anywhere. Like I said, there's half a dozen martial arts schools in a half a mile radius. Anybody can go teach you to kick and punch. Anybody can serve you in a restaurant. Anybody can do your dry cleaning. Anybody can open up a dance school and teach. But really what people are going to invest in is the relationships, Jason. It's the relationships time and time again. You walk through my door, I know your name, your kid's name. So does my team. We know they play soccer. We know they went on vacation last week. We even know when they get a haircut and we care. We would never say, hi, how are you doing today? i got a three-month special. Buy it now. You want to upgrade, 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 upgrade? <laughs> you know, upgrade. Black Girl Club. We don't do that. We do none of that. But what we do do is we invest heavily into the relationships. And that's really what people will pay for, that relationship. Well, that, that's really what the product is. I've been saying this for years that, you know, 
most folks in the after-school activity world are selling the, the wrong damn thing. You know, I always found that the product was not the kicking, the punching, the throwing, the weapons. It wasn't that. Uh, we thought it was when we opened. Um, and then it was, well, you know, we're, we're, we're a personal development center, and, and that's a big part of it. But what we found yes, for, for real was the product was the feeling that they walked off the floor with. You know, where they went from the floor out into the lobby and into their parents' car, that was the determination of whether or not they came back again or they gave their parents a whole lot of crap about, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, I totally agree with you, whether it's dance or swimming or Irish dancing or the martial arts. You're right. It's the experience. You know, I, I, I wrote that in an article I don't know, a couple of years back. I said, in the old days, it was customer service. And that's a system based upon percentages. A classic example is, is the fast food. You walk in, they're trained to say, would you like some fries with that burger? And if they say that too many times, well, they're going to get 1% to buy french fries, right? That's right. like an upgrade. It's not longer a burger, it's now a burger and a fries. Then was, we talked about the customer experience. Whereas, you know, you can't always give them what they want. We know that. We, you know, we just know that we try as hard as we can. But as long as they walk away feeling warm and fuzzy and cool with the experience, well, guess what? They'll keep coming back. Well, I'm at a whole new level. I'm about customer success. If my clients are successful and my team, I have a winning product. So I'm really passionate about that. So, but, but that's backed up about that whole thing, like you said, from the minute they walk in the door until they leave. So here's our picture. And this is one of the reasons. The minute you walk in our door, within five seconds, Everybody says hello from front to back. Everybody, everybody. Even if I'm in the middle of teaching, I'll look up and say, hey, how are you doing today, Joey? Boom, front desk. Hey, Joey. Hey, Mr. Smith. It's like this, this song comes out of nowhere. Everybody gets that treatment within five seconds. Now, I originally got that from a Japanese restaurant. I remember walking in this Japanese restaurant one day, and I stuck my foot in the front door, and something in Japanese, hello, 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 from front to back. Way all the way to the back. And then when I got up to leave, before my foot, my butt was even out of the warm chair, it was, thank you, thank you, thank you. Everyone's saying thank you. So I adopted that. Later on, I learned it's the Ritz-Carlton 5x10 rule. You've exactly. heard of that, right? Exactly. Which is beautiful, right? You come within 10 feet of a person, you acknowledge them with a, 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 a smile and a nod. You come within 5 feet of them, you must say hello to them. Now, I said, that's really cool. How about a hello with their name tagged to it? You can't quite do that in a Ritz-Carlton with all the guests changing every day. But in our martial arts school, we can. So it's one of our big disciplines in staff training in general. And again, in our vision, we know everybody's name. Boom. They walk to the edge of the mat. Guess what? They don't tie their belt to the like one year into our program. People say, why? That's sacrilegious. No. We tie their belt because it gives us that one-on-one -on -one attention with them for one moment. Hey, Joey, how was that soccer game last week? Oh, really cool? Awesome. Today we're working on in-blocks. You ready for an awesome class there? Cool. Right on, Joey. Go sit down in the waiting area. Second point of contact. Third point of contact, someone sitting in the waiting area with an iPad and they're taking attendance. And they go, hey, how are you doing today? Good to have you back in class. How was that vacation? Why? Oh, we have a buddy day Saturday. Well, we're doing ABC. And they pre-frame and also pre-frame in the class. Boom, then the music starts. Boom, everybody hits the floor, does their warm-up, you know, and then the class begins. And even the end experience, we always end with something fun, be it a game, whatever, because I don't want to end still working on curriculum. But then we make sure, as they're walking up that floor, everybody, there's a line of instructors on each side. High five, high five. Awesome, glad you came to come to class. Can't wait to see you next time. Even as they're walking out the door, there's a trails of goodbyes. Can't wait to see you next time. You see that experience? That's and, and, and who would who would who would not want to who would not want to continue that experience? Yeah. Another thing I'm big on is I overstaff, 
And people say, wow, that inflates your payroll. We know rotating curriculum came out of, originally rotating curriculum was developed, why? So one guy could teach more people, correct? Right. We right. know that. That is not serving the client. I like the rotating curriculum because it helps my team teach the same thing to you know, a big group of people. But in our class, you'll see roughly seven to one ratio. Seven to one at any given time. So we make sure that we over-service our clients in that capacity too. Yes, it inflates my payroll a bit, but it's not about me, it's about we. Write that one down. I say it all the time. It's not about me, it's about we. And we know one of the first things our parents would say, and again, what are we trying to do in our business? Whether it is a dance school, whether it is a dry clean, whether there's a restaurant, we want to eliminate obstacles, any path of resistance. Now that I got from sales, but that's the end of it there. So the obstacle is, hmm, first thing parents will say, how many kids in the class, right? We get that one all the time. I say, okay, so what would be the appropriate answer to resonate with their value system and make them want to come here? Well, there might be anywhere from 20 to 30 kids a class, but we work with a low student-to-teacher ratio. So you'll see roughly six students, one instructor for every six to seven students. Boom, so it was cured. And that's, and that's exactly, you know, that you have the best of both worlds there. They're basically getting a small class experience with, with a huge class energy. Sure. Yes, sir. You know that that one kid's struggling in the back row and, you know, he's starting to stare out the window. The worst thing you could do is leave him there. What you need to do, boom, is take that assistant instructor. Hey, take a little Joey. Take him over there and work on that strike. We'll even do that now. One of our rituals, okay, let's go to the tip of the day. Boom, and they go through. Okay, you, you go over there with so-and-so. You go over with so-and-so. And we even make sure to do that right away. Why sit there and have that kid fail repetition after repetition after repetition? I think a great floor manager is very insightful and sees that immediately. Just like if I'm running a restaurant. If I see a client sitting there two minutes longer than they should be sitting under our systems, we're up there. We apologize, sir, that for the wait. We're going to comp your appetizers. Boom, right? Instantly, you take care of those type of situations as they arise. So I think that's one part of our business. We need to be very mindful. I remind the front desk team of that all the time. Whether you're helping a client or you're on the phone, when somebody walks through that door, you acknowledge them within five seconds. You don't have to have a full-blown conversation about how their vacation was, but just look up at them, say good afternoon, you know, I'll be right with you and continue what you're doing. But under no circumstances whatsoever do you not acknowledge that person. We've all experienced that. You ever walk into a line at customer service and you're standing there for, who knows, seems like an hour even though it's five minutes and they're staring at a computer or the phone, they don't even acknowledge you? Of course. We've all been there. That is the worst service possible. So again, you know, drawing upon that, we've really worked to improve that in our environment. That's enormous. Now, with all the associations and the eight bazillion consultants in our industry and groups out there, you know, everybody, you know, including yourself, you know, yes, hawking, hawking business systems is the end-all, be-all. You know, how does a school owner today, or really any business owner, know what's truly the best to help them succeed in business? Well, I think you and I both agree, going back to point one, it's based upon your values again. What resonates with your values? What resonates with, what is your vision? Is that going to help you move your business from here to there? You know, is it going to help you get what it's going to look like in three to five years? We're ever mindful that every day when we open our doors that we're trying to move from here to there. Does that make sense? So I, I think that's the first part is, is it in line with your core values? And we all get blinded by the light. Me too. I bought into sales program. I bought into other programs that did not resonate with my culture and my community because the bottom line, I thought it was going to increase my bottom line. And it was totally contradictory to my belief system. I'm a service-based business. And somebody posted that at Facebook the other day and said to me, well, that's a bunch of BS. Do you have an intro trial? I said, yeah, we do one month with a uniform for 69 bucks. You're selling. I said, no, we're not. 
We're offering them a promotional deal, and if they choose to take it, they do. We don't send them 50,000 emails. We don't call them 100 times. You know, we don't sit them in a controlled environment. What we do is give them information. I believe with the Internet, people are educated. So they do their homework. They do their research. They go check your Yelp reviews. They do all those different things. So when they walk through that door, they're ready to purchase your product. I like those types of people, and they're powerful. So you have to do the same thing. You have to really sit down with yourself and say, what is the purpose of taking on this program? What is the purpose of taking on that program? And, and we discussed that before we, we started um, uh, this, this interview. We said, well, what works on the East Coast may not work on the West Coast. So if I'm adopting someone's programs you know, that are outside my community and my culture, I need to be mindful of that. For example, we don't have White Castle here. Maybe there's a reason for that, right? <laughs> I, I, I think White Castle is huge on the East Coast, correct? It sure is. You, you, you're, trust me, you're, you're, you're better off without White Castle. I have a single one here. Why? It's a successful franchise. It's an amazing product. Tell me why White Castle hasn't infiltrated California. Because people think differently. So that's the other thing. How can somebody tell you how to make your business successful when they've never set foot in your door? where they don't truly understand who you are, what makes you tick, what you feel at a heart level. So part of my innovation is what I do now is I travel. I, I love like Restaurant Impossible and Mystery Diner. So I'll go into these karate schools and I'll spend two days, sit with the parents, ask parents in the waiting area questions, watch the way they staff train, watch the way they teach classes, smell their bathroom, do all those different things. I think that's a little more accurate advice to give somebody on how to run their business versus somebody sitting somewhere in Chicago who says he's got this great sales system and one size does not fit all. They don't. And the bottom line, when the day's done, you, you everyone that's an entrepreneur, you will agree with me. It's your life. It's your vision. It's your business. So you're the one that has to create that. But we want the easy way. I'll increase your bottom line by this easily. No, you won't. No, you won't. Because anything that's sales-based is short-term. There's no sustainability for me with that type of thing. For me, this is for me now. I don't think there's any sustainability, and in the end, it's not growth-oriented. So I think in our industry, especially our industry, be mindful, one, adopting fitness sales principles into your business, two, competing with the fitness industry. Planet Fitness is 10 bucks a month. Do you want to compete with that? Absolutely not. I want to be the Rolls Royce of martial arts. I want to be the apple of the martial arts industry. And we should all, I believe, strive to do that because at least, you know, as they say, if you aim for the stars, at least you land amongst the heavens if you miss. If you try to have a high quality product like that, that's on the higher end of the scale, I believe you'll be successful because you'll constantly, and I believe this is the one thing we lack, you need to do your homework. You need to read every day. You need to study what's out there. You need to get on that phone and talk to people. If someone, if you want to adopt someone's sales program, call 10 people that randomly are using it. Not the ones that, you know, that's the worst thing. Can I have three people you can give me their phone number to to reference? Oh, <laughs> who are they going to give you? Somebody that's going to tell you they hate their product? Absolutely not. So that's the other thing I think we tend to do to think, I researched this thoroughly. I called up three references they gave me. Yeah, they're hand-picked and, and they're loaded. They're front-loaded to tell you it's a wonderful product. So, again, bottom line, values first, Jason. Values first. Second, does it help move your business from here to there in three to five years? And third, does it fulfill your purpose? Because I know schools out there, and you know them too. Krav Maga, this kickboxing, this yoga, Zumba. I went to one school that had all those things. And I said, what's your active student enrollment? 200. Oh, how long have you been in business? Uh, 35 years. Oh, okay. Yeah. For me, that's, that's not how I define success. For me.
So we want to be mindful of that. Is, is that a long-winded but fair enough answer? It's it's actually a, a very, very, very fair answer. And actually, one one thing that you, you, you mentioned that I want to pick up on was um, very similar to what one of my mentors said. Um, you know, Mike, Michael Gerber had made the comment, never, ever delegate by abdication. And, I, you know, my biggest fear when, when, when working with school owners is folks just saying, all right, so now I've hired you. I don't have to think about that anymore. Oh, God. Yeah. It's, you know, well, well, gosh, it's still your business. At the end of the day, if I blow it up, I still go back to my nice home and drive my nice car, and, and, and it doesn't bother me at all. Now, believe me, I've done that too. You know, I was consulting one school, and I won't say where, but I told myself, I get on a plane in 48 hours. I'm on a plane, and I'm out of here. So you need to know I have no emotional attachment to this. Everything I'm offering you is real-time, firsthand, from what I'm experiencing in the culture you've created. So be mindful of that. I'm not here to sell you anything else. You know, this is... I'm a hired gun, man. And then you're right. Whether it blows up or not, at the end of the day, you go home. And people need... See, because... We are. I mean, by nature, people can be lazy. By nature, people want instant gratification. That's why people play the lottery. That's why Las Vegas makes so much money. We want instant gratification right now. Any great entrepreneur will tell you it takes hard work. It takes never giving up. You know, it takes always doing your best. Not sometimes, not when it's convenient, all the time, 24-7. And like Michael Grover, he's one of my mentors too. I love his stuff. It's what really was a paradigm shift in my business in many respects. But you can't, you know, throw up your business to somebody and just take their advice because they're the flavor of the week or somebody's telling you that, yeah, they're awesome. They made me tons of money. You know, for everyone that they make you tons of money, I can probably find three or four people that have lost money with them. You know? Well, and that's it. those the folks who are losing money are the ones again. It, it's it goes against their core values, and um, they're not controlling it. You know, I always believe that anybody I, I worked with to help my business, you know, they were on tap, not on top of the decision making process. Yeah. Um, it was still my responsibility because at the end of the day, the bank was still going to take my house if I couldn't make my mortgage. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and you'll see tons of business models out there like that. Can anybody say curves? Do you guys remember curves? Man, they came like gangbusters because they were hot. Everybody was talking about it. It was very emotional, much like the stock market. We know that. We uh, With all the calculated indicators and measures. You know, the bottom line, the stock market's very emotional. And a lot of those things are made that way. So if everybody's flooding and you've got that momentum of, you know, buy, 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 how many curves? I had three or four open up in my neighborhood. They're all gone, sir. They're gone. They're gone. And the only piece people who lost money was the franchisee when the day was done. So that's why I, I tell our, our industry, be mindful. Can you say Tybo? You remember how big Tybo was back in the day? It was enormous. People, yeah. People dropped their total, dropped their whole traditional martial arts curriculum to accommodate the lines out the door for Tybo people. And years later, they had to close their schools because all those Tybo people left when the fad died. Right? So... I think much like when I was in the music industry, if I'm always jumping on the next fad, oh, rap's big, let's be a rap band. Oh, wait, country's big now, let's be a country band. I'm like a dog chasing its tail. I'm always, you know, trying to get that next wave, and I'm always two steps behind. So, well, and we start, we, 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 just, we discussed this before the interview, you know, I think one of the, one of the major things that is, is totally cool about your school is that you've always stayed true to what you teach. You know, you didn't hop on and now I'm teaching this and this week we're teaching that. And this week, you know, it, you, you've remained consistent. And again, it, it's it's parallel and congruent with, with your values. 
Well, yes. And I think one thing you shared in there um, that I want to touch upon, you said consistent. That is important. Consistency is the key to quality. For example, I go to my favorite restaurant. I order my favorite dish. They make it just the way I like it. I'm coming back again. I go back the second time. Hmm. Someone else is on duty. It's not made the way I like it. It's a different consistency. I might give you the third opportunity. I go the third time and my favorite dish isn't made the way I like it. I'm not coming back. So I agree with you, the same thing here. It's not consistent or congruent with your values. You're always hopping on the next trend, the next program, buying all the stuff out of the box. And I think that's the disenchantment in our industry. Everybody is selling, 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 selling. But are they spending the time to really define and refine their product? And is it in line with the different values of the people they're servicing? I think not. Majority's not. How many people pick up a program and drop it two years later? Well, they've already made you their money off you. They don't care. They don't care. Right when the day's done, and and that's the truth because they're on to the next sale. They're on to the next sale. They're on to the next sale because that's the mindset of a sales-based you know business. We know also we got great customer service, great customer service, great customer service. Test that, test that. You know I know uh, product doctor I use right now uh, with Ron selling Rainmaker. I mean customer service parallel. I've caught that guy at 12 midnight on a Sunday to fix something. That to me is un unheard of, unheard of in any, any kind of third software vendor. And so those kinds of things uh, appeal to me. So again, you know, that consistency you speak about, sir, it's got to begin with that value system. Enormous. All right, it is time for a resource of the week. And now here's your real deal resource of the week. So tell me this. Um, how can our listeners find out more about you, more about your school? Um, I know you do a ton of speaking engagements. Uh, you're all over the place there. You know, what website can they visit so they can really get a little bit more of you? Well, I think as far as the mental, as far as creating the mindset that values that vision, GrandinBeliso.com. There's a daily vlog there. There's things being posted all the time because it really is about being happy. And that's that, that's um, b r a n n o n b e l i s o dot com, correct? Yes, sir. Yep. And if you want to know about my school, then definitely go to one o n e martial arts dot com. You can find me there. If you want to know about my life skills program, go to o n e merit dot com. Um, if you want to just hey friend me at Facebook, find me at Twitter, find me at LinkedIn. People follow me all the time, and I feel very humble. That, that people choose to do that. So all those are great resources. And if you want to reach out personally, just catch me at Facebook. I always answer people there. I spend at least an hour a day, you know, trying to reach out and help people. I believe in the pay it forward theory, so I'm very passionate about that. Marvelous. All right, I have one final question that I love to end my podcast with, and this this I think is going to be really interesting and telling. Um, if you could give business owners just one solid piece of advice to either help their business or more importantly live a health uh, live live a better and more balanced life, what would that piece of advice be? I think, like Bruce Lee said, you must open your mind and empty your cup. Now, I understand we're all entrepreneurs. We have our own vision. We know where we want to move our business, what path we want to take. But sometimes that can be mistaken, and you become very narrow-minded in your thinking. Very narrow-minded. You know, I've walked into people's schools that have been around 40 years, and they have 100 students, and they believe they're very successful, but they're unhappy. So they're coming to me. I'm saying, well, then you're not. So I think that's the first thing, is you've got to open your mind. But again, if you're fearful of that because you're afraid that every snake oil salesman is going to come you know, rip you off, again, when my mind is extremely open, I'm rooted deeply in my values. 
Not with a sense of narrow-mindedness. I believe honesty is a universal life skill. It's not based upon Brandon's hype and ego and limited thinking. You know, words like respect, service, those are all universal life skills that we all can benefit from. So that would be the first thing. Second thing, be committed to learning. And not just within our industry. Most of the ideas I get nowadays are outside of our industry. Reading Michael Gerber, reading Good to Great by Jim Collins, reading Delivering Happiness um, by Tony Shea, who's from Zappos. So going outside the box. And then be mindful, because I watch people, too, that are students for life. They go to every convention, they read everything, and they implement none of it. And, and, and I said, well, why is that? Because, again, going back to that core value, if you walk into a situation and you don't believe your hype, you don't believe their hype, but you have an open mind that's not opinionated and critical and looking for holes, but a genuine open mind, coming from a place of love, Jason, if you come from that point of love, then you'll believe I'm right where I'm supposed to be at that moment, I'll get the information that I need. And then last of all, please, 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 make sure that if you don't love what you do, you're not passionate about what you do, change careers, change. Immediately, I remember I was teaching, a, doing a speaking engagement at Microsoft, and it was all about getting them to meet third quarter earnings. And I started out the whole thing with, how many of you love your job? Everybody looked at me like, what does that have to do with us third quarter earnings? I thought you are giving a strategy. I said, if you don't know what you love, what you do, quit. Change jobs. By the end of this whole speaking, it was about them convincing me how much they love their job. And that passion reignited a fire to go out there to serve their team better, and the earnings went up. See, because it's not about money. It, if it's strictly about money, you know who's the richest man in the world? A drug dealer. So if it's strictly about money, then we're all in the wrong business, right? <laughs> so it really is. It's, it's that sense of clarity. But you've got to do that homework, Jason. You've got to be willing to reach inside, walk that lonely path. But we live in a Western culture. Bigger car, bigger house, more money, different relationships, status, status, status. Somebody stroke me, stroke me, stroke me, tell me I'm wonderful. Where really, at the end of the day, when you're all alone and you lay your head down on that pillow, all you got is yourself. You know that even though your wife's sleeping next to you, all you got is yourself and your thoughts. So to be truly happy, again, I'm going to leave you with this as the Dalai Lama says, the person who could be happy, richest, and what, the person who is happiest is, oh, let me back up. The person who is richest <laughs> is the one who could be happiest with the least. I wanted to get that right. And that's exactly what he says. So really, I grew up dirt poor on welfare and food stamps. So for me, anything about poverty is gravy. I still drive a simple car. I still, because cars to me aren't an investment, but it's fully paid for. And, and I live by that. You saw that at Facebook. I saw this the other day. They had a picture of a guy just plain jeans and a t-shirt. Billionaire. The guy over here has got the Rolex watch, the Brooks Brothers suit, you know, and they said in debt. Yeah, leverage to his eyeballs. Yes. We know that. And anyone who hides behind those types of guises, and that's why I'm, I'm not impressed when someone posts their car at Facebook. Look at my new car. Look at this. You know, that doesn't make you a good person. You know, tell me you donated $5 million to building, you know, a, a village in Haiti. That would impress me. That would impress me. Not your car. Not your car. So, so that's it, people. Live by love, not fear. Follow your, your, your vision and your purpose based upon your values. And above all, at the end of the day, man, make a difference. Make a difference. And keep your life balanced. That's fantastic. Brandon, thank you so much for, for taking time out of your schedule. I know you're, you are a busy, busy man, and it means the world today that you share some time with us today. Yeah, and it means the world to me too, sir. You know, if I can help just one person out there and it makes a difference, then I've served my purpose today. So now thank you for the privilege, sir. 
the honor has been ours. All right, folks, that's all the time we've got today. Thanks for tuning in to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. For more information about private coaching or to see if you'd benefit from one of our mastermind groups, visit me over at www.jasonmsilverman.com. I look forward to helping you achieve the success that you truly deserve. Until next time, let me leave you with this. Get out there and be the real deal. Set a goal, make a plan, and work that plan. Achieve the success that you truly deserve. It's out there, and now is the time to make it happen. Go get them. This has been Jason Silverman, and I hope you have a spectacular week. You've been listening to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. To access the great resources mentioned in the show and for information on coaching and mastermind group opportunities with Jason, please visit jasonmsilverman.com.